0: This week, we are uh, doing our fourth week on what it means to be devoted to the Word. Uh, next week, it's coming out of Acts chapter 2. Uh, next week, we're going to start talking about what the next part of Acts chapter 2 says, which means to be devoted to fellowship. And I don't know how long we'll spend on that one until the Holy Spirit says you can move on. Um, but I want to drill down deeper into some aspects this morning, what it means to be devoted to the Word, right? But before we get there, I want you to think um, back to, what was that, two weeks ago, to the glorious week that we celebrate in Holland, the glorious week of Tulip Time. Some of you may not think it's incredibly glorious, that's okay. Um, my favorite part about Tulip Time, the tulips are fine, whatever, it's cool. Um, my favorite part about Tulip Time is the food that comes to town. Can I get an Amen okay I want you to think for a minute what's your favorite tulip time food and if you're not a tulip time person what's, what's your kind of favorite carnival food the I've heard you know come all sorts of things gut wagons junk trucks whatever like think for a second to yourself what's your favorite if you had to pick one what do you all right now tell tell your neighbor first then you can tell me Tell turn your neighbor tell them tell your neighbor All right, I'm never getting you back at this point, am I? Oh, man, you guys are loud, right? Start talking about food, we all get excited, right? Woo, it's like, all right, so what, uh, what ones, what did you say? Philly. What, the Philly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, whoa, yes, yes. Yeah. Elephant ears, yeah. What was the Polish sausage? Hmm. Hmm. Mm, yeah, okay. chili cheese fries, the pickle. P- a pickle? <laughs> Maybe it's just because I haven't had it. No offense, but... And they're like five dollars. Who pays five dollars for a pickle? Anyway, anyone else? The falafel. What tums? <laughs> It sounds like you've been around a few uh, tulip times in your day, haven't you? <laughs> All right, so it's weird. No one said the fat balls. No one? I I guess. All right, so most of my life, I would, I would probably say for most of my life, I would say the elephant ear. I mean, just a classic, right? And I'm talking, I'm not talking like the fruit stuff on top. No, no, no. I'm a purist. Just cinnamon and sugar, right? So until this, until this year... It was, uh, it was different. I usually had this side of 8th Street. You know, what is it? The east side of 8th Street. Well, this, this year, I found myself on the west side, closer to the Civic Center. And my eyes were open to a whole new realm of food possibilities. <laughs> and it's like a really tough choice for me. So I'm walking down. You're like, oh, do I get the gyro? Oh, that yeah, looks good. Oh, what about the fajita? Oh, yeah, I'll get, one. I'll get both of them. Oh, I got the pulled pork. Okay, okay. What do I do? And all of a sudden, it's like the lights from heaven shone down upon... Um, the steak tips Okay, anyone else do the steak tips <sighs> wow <laughs> it, it was wild I look over there I'm like what do you got going on over here she's like oh you know it's just some steak um, with onions sauteed onions and mushrooms and, and potatoes all like lumped on a giant plate together I was like okay I'm in that's what, that's what I said right So I had this thing, and I almost had, like, tears coming out of my eyes. Just speechless. And she's like, this is why we do it, for reactions like that. So I got home. That was for lunch, right? And I got home. I got home, and Michelle, she's like, how was your day? I'm like, Michelle, the steak tips. You wouldn't believe it. She's like, okay, are they that good? Okay. So the next morning, I wake up. And I skip breakfast. I, I sometimes will skip breakfast. And, and I came into church here. And um, what's the first thing on my mind that morning? Yeah. Steak tips. <laughs> so I arranged my whole morning. Um, <laughs> Sorry if I canceled the meeting on you that day. But uh, I was down there before they opened up waiting for my second round of the steak tips. And I would have gone back the next day, but it just, didn't, it just didn't work out for the third day in a row of the steak tips. But that's like, for me, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a, fan of, a fan of food. Like, I just, I love food. And I think that's the way a lot of us are, too, right? Is right after you get done eating breakfast, what are you thinking about next? Lunch. you get done with snacks. Yeah, right? You're not even thinking about the next. What's, what's in an hour? Snack. When you're done eating lunch, like, what's next? Okay, snack. Or, you know, or what, what am I going to have for dinner? These are on our, that's on our mind. Like, when, when Michelle was pregnant, this was with all three of our boys, I was, like, so disappointed because everyone had talked up these pregnancy cravings, right? I'm like, this is going to be awesome, you know? <laughs> and uh, she, never, she never really had that many cravings, so it would be at night, like, 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, yo, babe, aren't you craving, like, some pizza about now? <laughs> She's like, no. If you want it, get it. No, 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 I, this is for you, honey. This is for you and I and I convinced her she had pregnancy cravings a lot I can never convince her that taco bell was a good pregnancy craving but someday right someday um but it's it's interesting like we think about food all the time and even if you're not one that like lives to eat like I am but you maybe just eat to live and you see it as purely a necessity uh, what happens when you go without food even like for one meal or two meals or three meals in a row it becomes the forefront of your mind like, I gotta eat. I, got, I gotta eat. I'm hungry. Oh, so hungry. And they start getting hangry, and then it really starts, like, intensifying, right? It starts to consume your mind, because even our bodies have this response where you get hungry, your body lets you know, I'm hungry, because food isn't just for pleasure, which, praise the Lord, he's given us taste buds to enjoy the variety of uh, the created food that he's given us. But food also is what gives us life. I mean, our bodies respond to that. If you go without food... Your body's like, hey, I I need to eat. Even where, right, think of if you go without food for a while, how weak you become. Sometimes it's not by choice. You just, different circumstances in life where you're not able to to provide food. But even if you do it intentionally with a fast, right, if you go like one day, two days, three days, a couple days in, you're like, man, I'm just, oh, I'm just weak. I just want to sleep. I can't, I walk, walk a little bit. I just want to sit down. I'm, I'm tired. And it's interesting That Jesus, when he's tempted and he went without food in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights, he's tempted by the devil. And the devil says to him, hey, why don't you take these stones and you turn them into bread. And this is what Jesus' response is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he, meaning Jesus, answered, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the very words that come from the mouth of God. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse seventeen and, uh, 16 and 17, or 15, 16, 17, in there, it talks about um, all scriptures God-breathed. It's breathed out by God. And so we're talking about man doesn't live by just food. I mean, we do in a physical sense. You need food. You, you eat physical food so you can eat, so you can live. But Jesus is now saying, as much as that's true in the physical realm, it's even more true in the spiritual realm. That man doesn't live on bread alone, but he lives on the very word of God itself. Lives on on scripture, on feasting on the word. That's what gives life to us in a spiritual sense. So I, I know some of us this morning, we're in a spiritual sense, maybe spiritually we feel lethargic, or we feel spiritually just dead, or weak, or apathetic. And the question is, Is it because you've been fasting from spiritual food of the word? You fast from physical food, man, you're going to be weak. Same thing is true in the spiritual sense. If we fast from the word, we're going to experience spiritual decay, spiritual death, spiritual weakness. And Jesus this morning is giving us the invitation to say, I've given you the word. My word is life. Come to my word and feast on on my word. Okay, well, what does it mean to feast and to eat on the word? Uh, look at Luke chapter 8, verse 15. I think this will give us some more clarity on this. Luke 8, 15. This is like right at the end of um, Jesus is telling of the parable of the four soils, and he says, right, there's one soil that's bad soil. That when the seed is cast, the word of God is, is cast out and it's spread. Uh, the, the, the enemy comes and snatches away, so it doesn't even take root. There's two other soils where the seed seems to take a little bit of root. There's the rocky soil, there's the thorny, weedy soil. And it starts to take root at first, but all of a sudden the, um, the cares of this world, the persecution, the, the difficulty, causes it to wither up and die. And so now he's talking about the fourth soil that he's inviting us to be, the, the good soil. And this is what he says. Luke 8:15 As for that in the good soil they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience I'll, I'll read that again As for that in the good soil they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience." You see, the goal that God has for us is that we would bear fruit. He says this throughout scripture. Um, is that we would bear fruit so that he would be glorified. Because when we come to faith in Jesus, the seed of Christ, the life of Christ is implanted within us. But it doesn't stay dormant, it doesn't stay in its infant state. The purpose is that it would grow and mature and that we would look more like Jesus. We would treat people more like Jesus. We'd think more like Jesus. We would love people more like Jesus. We'd serve people like Jesus. We would be uh, husbands and wives that look more like Jesus and friends and co-workers that look more like Jesus. But that, that's it's a process of the life of Christ growing and maturing um, within us. And so he's saying that, that's the point. I, I want you to grow into maturity. The question then is how do we see this take place? How do we be good soil? How do we have uh, fruit that grows and mature within us? And, and he says here how we do that. The first thing he says is, is we do that by hearing the word. Now, hearing the word doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be read aloud for you to hear it in your ears. Though sometimes that is helpful to read the word aloud. It helps you Receive it in a, in a different way. Helps you stay focused on the word. But this is a culture where they didn't, not everyone had their own copy of the scripture. They were very an oral culture, so people would be reciting or speaking scripture, and they would hear it. And saying yes, it, it is true that the good soil are those who hear the word. For us, we could say not just right hearing with the word, but we we read the word, we we see the word, we spend time in the word. I think that that would be an example of what it means to hear the word. But it doesn't stop there. It says, yes, it's those who hear the word, who." but but also then it goes on from hearing to also to hold the word. And this is, a, I think, this is... Uh, he, uh, uh, right? Okay, he... We, we've grown up in a culture, and I'm not, I'm not, it it is what it is, right? It just, it is what it is, where we, we've, we've placed such an emphasis on just read the word, just read the word. Yes, there's power in the word. Yes, yes, yes. Read the word. But we're not going to see fruit in our lives if we simply just read it and move on with our day. It's not this legalistic thing of like, I just got to read it every day, that's going to make me a good Christian. We're invited to read the word. It is a gift from the Lord. But as we hear it, there's another step that's necessary if we're going to bear much fruit, fruit that's mature. And that is we hear the word, but then we hold on to the word. We take it from what we're hearing and we let it sink deep within our hearts. It's like we're, we're chewing on it then. Even if you go to the analogy of food, right? It's one thing to see food, it's one thing to smell food, it's one thing to be able to describe food and take pictures of food, Instagram pictures of food, right? It's totally different when you eat the food for yourself. It's totally different when you're chewing on it. You're like, oh, this this is amazing. I can tell you some of the greatest meals I've ever had, not because of what it looked like, but because of what it tasted like. I experienced it. I encountered it. I think when we not just hear the word we hold the word it's moving it from our head to our heart it was awesome this morning um don don and ricky here um they were they were talking to me and they they sign right and so they were signing to me about hey we can't wait to hear what god's going to say this morning and they did this sign for for hearing and it was right this right right this right hearing my eyes my hand so i'm still i'm still learning but here here's what it was and they explained it to me is like we hear with our ears they hear with their eyes but it wasn't simply a sign with my eyes it was a sign with the heart they're saying we want to we want to hear with our eyes and we want to hear with our heart as well and, like, that, that's what we're invited into with the Word. When we feast on the Word, when we eat the Word, it's, yeah, I want to hear it, I want to I soak it in, but I also want to let it sink in my heart. So how, how do you do that part? Well, I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a ton of ways that you can, can do this. What was that? Amen. See? Hey, I'm, lear- I'm learning, right? All right, thank you. All right. That means, that just means it's hallelujah, right? Is this Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, all right there. Thank you. Um, um, okay, I just got all excited. Don and Ricky always get me excited. Okay, so how, how then do we feast on the Word? How do we, how do we eat the Word? I, again, I think there's a, a lot of ways that we do that, but we are in a culture that's like, I got five minutes for this, like, psh, I read it, let's move on with our day. And I think there's some practical things that we can do to help it sink deep within our hearts. And one of them is to simply slow down and read it a bunch of times. Slowly. The other thing I know some of you do is you write it out. You write out the verse. Now, if you're reading like a chapter or two or three, it's not like you're going to write the whole thing out. But when the Spirit of God grabs a hold of you and something pops out, maybe that's a sentence you're just going to write out. And you might write it a few times. Some of you know it's fun because I see you around and you've got a little note card either in your pocket or in your front pocket Here. And that's how you are holding the word throughout the day is you've written it down and you're busting it out throughout the day to read it again going, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, God, what do you want to say to me That Oh, that's good. Give, give me my wallet. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got I to gotta hear and hold the word today. God, help me, help me do that. Some of you do it through, through memorizing the word. It's just slowing down and doing it. I, I'll tell you, this is, this, is how I, this is how I did it with this passage this week. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. All right, so um, this had nothing to do with getting ready to teach anything. It was my own time with the Lord the other week, and I'm reading through Luke, and all of a sudden I get to Luke 15, and the Spirit just blows me up when it says at the end, um, and bear fruit with patience. And I was just like, whoa, and I'll tell you what he said to me in a minute about that, okay? So I then... I read it a few times. I read it out loud a few times. So I'm reading. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who Hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. I'd I read it a few times, then I wrote it down. And for your sake, I'm not going to write it down. You know my skills about writing this, but I, I do want to show you what I do next. And that this hopefully be on the screen, maybe. Oh, is I'll. I'll go through and I'll circle or underline the words that are really standing out to me or that I have questions about. Because it's hard to hold on to something if you're not understanding what a a word means. Like sometimes there are words like propitiation, like what is that, right? Or just not words that we, we use readily. And so I'm going through and I'm saying, oh, ask for that in the good soil. Yes, Lord, I want to be good soil. Who is the good soil? Those who hear, they hear the word oh yes God I hear the word the hold it fast stands out to me it, and it has something to do with my heart all right what kind of heart a good and honest heart bearing fruit with patience oh my goodness Lord like I need this so much right like star star right right um so, but it's, it, it, I know it's like I'm spending time with him, like, okay, bear fruit and patience is the result. That's, that's God's thing that he's going to instill in me. What's my part? My part is to, it says here, to hear and to hold it fast. And I'm like, all right, well, I think I understand what it means to hear, but what in the world does it mean to hold it fast? So this is where it's helpful, like, if you've got a study Bible or even a commentary or just, you can think of other verses that come to mind, where you, you go in because one of the greatest things, if you want to understand what a word means, you can look it up on Google, which I mean, somewhat legit. Um, but a great way to have a definition understood is how does scripture define it? So what are other verses that come to mind? So maybe in your study Bible, there's a footnote that takes you to another verse. So go look at that, go look at that verse, right? This is why, this is an appropriate place of how resources are helpful. I talked about this two weeks ago. Teaching and resources are helpful not to be in place of you with the word, but to help support and encourage you back into the word. Okay? So, I, I, I'm looking it up. Where are other verses that have to do with holding it fast? And it's all about endurance. It's all about clinging. And I even Googled it, too. What does this mean? It's like it means to cling tightly, to hold tightly. Like, if you're nailing something in the wall, you want it to hold fast, where if you hang on it, it's not going to fall off the wall. I mean, what, what an image, right? Like, when we take scripture, we hear it, but then I want to just grip it tightly. I want to hold it on into my heart. I want to just press it down in there. But then it also made me think of another another word. Is it talking about how we hold it fast? Is in an honest and good heart. And the Lord brought to mind another another verse. I, I didn't even know where it was. And again, this is where Google's incredibly helpful. I just knew the, the, the phrase that's rattling around in my head at this point. Then is um, that we would store up hold up the word in our heart so i'm googling where is that you know and the lord brought up not the lord google the holy spirit through google all right um took me to psalm 119 verse 11 and of course it's in psalm 119 where else would it be right and this is what psalm one nineteen eleven said I have stored up your word in my heart. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the connection. That's holding it. It's like storing it up. Like putting it in there deep, securing it, making it in there so I remember it and think through it. But it doesn't stop there. It, it's telling us why. I've stored up your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Now, this was huge. Because through this process of... Holding it deeply, the Spirit gave me revelation of truth that to hold the Word isn't simply to remember it. That's part of it. To hold the Word simply isn't to write on an index card and to come back to it throughout the day. That's part of it. But the reason why we hold the Word is so that we can know the Lord more. And as we know the Lord more, we want to please the Lord more. See, Jesus is the Word. Jesus has been the word from the beginning. And so when we read scripture, it's not just to get a bunch of list of morality, a list of rules or principles to have a better life. Jesus even said, right, that you search the scripture thinking in them that you will have life, but you don't understand that they witness to me and you refuse to come to me that you may have life. When we hold the word, it's to point us to Jesus, have a deeper relationship with Jesus, understand who Jesus is more. And as we know him more, as we love him more, as we encounter him more, as we are led by him more, then we want to do what pleases him. And we want to move then from just not knowing the word to obeying the word. See, one of the cracks in the foundation in our culture is there is very little expectation or accountability to actually obey what the word says. We've equated spiritual maturity to simply having more biblical knowledge. Now, I am not dogging spiritual knowledge. I want you to all grow in deep knowledge of the Word. I want you to know it inside and out and have a deep understanding. But spiritual maturity, fruit does not come from exclusively knowing the Word. How many people do we know that know the Word that look nothing like Jesus? Jesus. We should know the word and become like the one the word points to, which is Christ himself. And the way that we do that is is as we hold the word and as the spirit speaks to us, as we're wrestling with the word and the spirit tells us how to obey, that we actually obey. This is what it says here that we, right in Psalm 119, I've stored your word in my heart, why that I might not sin against you. As we grow in knowing the word and hearing the word and holding the word, it should lead us into greater holiness and righteousness. Like sometimes... Sometimes I say those words, and, and we have these, like, thats like a trigger for some of us, right? Where I, we use those words, and are like, "Well, oh, Brent, that seems so legalistic, man. No, it's legalistic if you think that by doing what the Word says, you're going to earn some great favor with the Lord. It's legalistic if you think that you have to do it in your own strength and power to try harder to become like Jesus. It is not legalistic. It is life. It is part of the gospel when we understand it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. That the life of Christ has been implanted in me. And when I hear the word and I hold the word, it is the spirit of the living God that is going to equip me and give me what I need to actually obey what it says. And in doing so, I grow into maturity and have fruit that pleases the Lord. Okay. All right, here's the other way I think we get screwed up. at least I do, all right? Whew, sorry, I'm like, getting really excited about this. Because I, I, I think where, we, we, where things break down is we get screwed up on what's our part and what's the Lord's part, right? So we know that he desires us to produce fruit. What kind of fruit? The fruit of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, etc., right? Okay, so he, he wants to produce those things in us. And sometimes when we're confronted with the fact that, man, we're falling short in those areas of my marriage as, as a parent, as a friend, as a coworker, Then sometimes there's this guilt that comes over us. It's like, pff, I got to try harder to produce this fruit within me. But this is the good news. I mean, Ann read it a little bit ago from John chapter 15. It says, uh, abide in me and I abide in you. Like, he's the vine. We're the branches. We are to abide in him, to hold on to him. That's our job, hold on to him to be in a relationship with him. And as we do that, the spiritual sap will flow from within us and he will bear fruit. Your job is not to produce fruit. It is God alone who causes the fruit to grow. You have no control over the fruit in a sense of how it happens, when it happens, what it looks like. Our job is to simply hear the word, hold on to it. Spend time in the word. Get to know him. Walk in obedience as the Spirit leads us. But what happens is, now we live in this culture where we have no endurance for hard stuff. And we have no endurance for things that are slow. Right? If you were with me driving, you will know I have no endurance for things that are slow. Right? <laughs> But what ends up happening then is it's built on this false, this, this crack in our foundation which just says, well, I tried reading the Word. I tried, you know, like really letting it sink deep. I tried obeying it. And you know what? It didn't do what I thought it was going to do, so I'm done with this. Where it doesn't produce the fruit that we think, man, it didn't, it didn't save my marriage. It didn't bring my kid back to the Lord. It didn't give me the job I want. It didn't give me the sobriety like I thought I was going to take, have and take place. Like, Listen, the word has power to rescue, to deliver, to save, to heal. The word has power to do all of those things. But God's ultimate thing that he is after is not making me a better husband. What God is after is making me more like Christ. And that happens in his way, in his time, in the way he sees fit. And so when I get bent out of shape, it's because I'm trying to force this to happen or make this thing take the I thank you that you're, that's your job and you're going to do that in me. I simply want to spend time on the word and let it sink deep. That I may know you more and obey you as you lead me, Holy Spirit, in, in this. What happens is we just we don't, we don't want to bear fruit with patience. We live in such an instantaneous culture where some of you are just giving up reading the word because you didn't think it worked for you. You didn't think it produced the fruit that you wanted to see. Rather than understanding, this progression of becoming like Jesus is life long. It is an endeavor that it's not like, it's, it's not like one of those diets where you're like, all right, cool, uh, four days you're going to lose 50 pounds, right? <laughs> that is not good, but we, we love it because it's just like, it's a quick fix, but how often does that actually endure for the long run? It doesn't. Jesus isn't after like a quick fix, though he'll do that at times, he'll deliver you in an instant at time and bam, bam, bam. But what the Lord is after is this long progression of us becoming more like Christ. And it happens by us hearing and holding the word. And this is good news because sometimes you feel like you're a big screw up. You're like, I guess I don't hear the word. I definitely don't hold the word because I sinned this week. I did this, this, or this. And then we just throw it all out because like I'm doing a terrible job anyway. Well, forget it. I failed it. Move along. No, no. If you hold the word, it means you treasure it. It means you value it. It means you love it. So when you go against it and you screw up, it's not like, eh, who cares? It's, oh, I love the word and I messed it up. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love love your way. I love the way that leads to life. And, oh, I, I made a bad choice. But I thank you, God, that you give me the grace to turn away and turn back towards life. The fact that you are, the fact that you have a repentant heart, the fact that you feel like, oh, this is no good, shows that you actually hold the word that you love the word because you recognize where you fall short. But don't then try to fix it on your own. You come to him and say, God, I need your grace to walk in the way that you've called me to walk. Okay. Last one. I don't know why I said the last one. It never, it never is. I think part of this is this bad, we've set up a bad foundation where we think that being devoted to the word means that every time we encounter the word, it's like the angels from heaven show up and deliver the scroll to us and tell us what our day is supposed to look like. But that happens sometimes. That's pretty sweet, right? But but not every meal I eat is a memorable one. Except the ones my wife cooks. Always memorable, right? But... (laughs) Sometimes they're just like, wow, that was incredible food. And sometimes like, yeah, that was a peanut butter and jelly. It got got the job done, right? And I think when we see ourselves as this is a long progression of bearing fruit in patience, is that sometimes you're going to have these emotional encounters with the Lord when you're in the word, and sometimes you won't. But you, success in hearing the word and holding the word is not based on your emotions or your feelings. It's based on the faithfulness of Jesus who is the word. That he who began a good work in you, he will see it to completion. And trust in that. Okay, God, I'm coming to show up to eat. Knowing that by me eating and me holding this tightly and chewing it, it, it is bearing fruit. Whether I see it or not. Whether I feel like it or not. Whether I understand it or not. It is having the faith to say, ah... You are the one that is bearing fruit within me. And we got to stop thinking that we're doing it wrong because we're not having this emotional experience. Sometimes it happens. But, but not all the time it does. The other thing, too, I think with that is because we're so emotionally driven, we then only want to spend time on the Word, hear the Word, hold the Word, when we have these emotional encounters or, or where, where our heart feels like it. So we don't then go spend time on the Word because we're like, eh, I'm just not feeling it today, and I, I don't want to be legalistic, so I, I, I don't want to do it because I'm, I'm not in it, I'm not feeling it today. Let me ask you this Is it legalistic that you eat three meals a day, whether you feel like it or not? No. We have to get past this lie that says discipline equals legalism, discipline is a gift from the Lord. Now, it can turn into legalism, it can be about performance, it can be about earning certain things, it can be about putting a mask on, I mean, it it can turn into that, but sometimes, or we have to just get past this idea that, well, my heart's not in it, pray that God would lead your heart along as you feed on the Word. The discipline of spending time on the Word is a good thing, just like it is with, like, lifting weights, right? You're not going to get into shape if you only lift weights when you feel like it, Right? Or when you're dieting, you're eating on what you're supposed to be eating. If you only do it when, you're, when you feel like it, it will never take place. But God has given us this word, and I believe that God's calling us to Moran Park is this invitation this invitation to hear the word, and this invitation to hold on to the word. I mean, one of the reasons why we've gone so slow through this I, I know and I'm not going to make you raise your hand I, I, have, I know that some of you at the beginning of this time, when I told you, "Hey, we're going to spend another week in what it means to be devoted to the word," and in your, in your mind you're going, "Oh, seriously? Again. We've talked about this for four weeks. We aren't trying to give you more information. We are trying to change a culture. Simply getting you more information, spitting out week after week after week to move on. We want to spit out truth so that you hear the word and that you do the work of holding on to the word for yourself, for your own life, and what it means that we can transition as the church of living faithfully into what the Lord calls the church to be. And so that's why this is going to be a long and slow process together. We don't want to give you info. We want to transform into what Christ has the church to be. And it starts with us as being individuals and a church that says we are going to be devoted to the word by hearing and holding the word. Let's pray. God, would you give us the grace. The grace to want to even be in your word to to hold to hear it god to then hold it that you give us the patience god to 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 marinate on the word to chew on the word to spend time on the word god god for my brothers and sisters that are feeling some uh spiritual fatigue and spiritual weakness god that you would draw them to your word and give them strength to your word we thank you god that you uh you are the one that bears fruit and you are even the one that gives us the grace to do our part you're the one that gives us the grace to, to spend time. You're the one that gives us the grace to hear, the one that hold, to hold the word. And we thank you for your spirit that reveals truth to us. So God, would you raise yourself to be a people that, that uh, your word sinks deeply into. We desire to be a church, we desire to be a people, God, that manifests Christ's likeness to the nations. That, God, that the seed that you've planted in us, God, that you would cause it to grow and mature and that it would bear much fruit. God, would you give us the endurance, the steadfastness to hold it firmly as you do the work of, of bearing it in, in, in patience, Lord Jesus. God, I pray against shame, I lift you lift condemnation, you lift guilt, you lift the stuff that's not of you, God, and that you would uh, lead us to true repentance where we fall short, God, but it leads to life. God, you bring refreshment this morning. That you, God, would restore our heart to be with you in the word, to, to spend time in the word, God, to encounter you in your word. We thank you for the gift of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.